1: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent
2: herbicides.
3: And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, we have the latest crop report from the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. We also talk with the Vice President of Sea and Rail about grain movement this winter and spring. Real Agriculture talks about storing carbon in the soil. We have the Manitoba Crop Report and a search is on for a new Executive Director of the Western Grains Research Foundation. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Seeding has reached 76% across Saskatchewan, according to the latest crop report. Provincial Crops Extension Specialist Matt Struthers says farmers in the Western Grain Belt are nearly complete. But seeding is delayed by extremely wet fields in the eastern grain belt.
0: Well, it's progress. has seen quite a bit of a jump. We're sitting at 76% of the crop now in for the whole province. That's up from 52% last week, but still well behind the five-year average of 93%. So we're getting there, but there's certainly going to be a lot of fields, especially in the east half of the province, that are going to go unseeded just due to that excess moisture they're getting.
3: How much unseeded? Will just low-lying areas or will there be whole fields? It'll likely just be low-lying areas that
0: the water is going to be standing in for quite some time. What kind of progress by region have we made? Well, 97% of the crop is now seeded in the southwest, 95% in the west-central, 93% in the northwest, 64% in the southeast, 60% in the northeast, and then 50% in the east-central region. So the western half of the province is almost done. They're, you know, wrapping up their last couple fields here and there. And then whereas the, the east is still struggling with those wet fields and trying to get the seed in the ground. So who got how much rain this past week? As I'll be singing the same tune I've been singing the last couple of weeks. The east got most of the rain this week. Uh, the Moosamin area received 92 mils, Stoughton with 89, Bean Fay with 65, and Esterhazy with 42 mils. So some large numbers or large amounts of rain that came down last week. But the west did get some rain, but the the amounts range from three mils to 12. So nothing significant in the west. What is the top soil moisture rating? The ratings look pretty good going into June here and then following with uh, July and August. So they look promising for sure. Uh, The rate is 16% surplus, 56% adequate, 19% short and 9% very short. Uh, Hay and pasture is rated as 7% surplus, 60% adequate, 19% short and 14% very short. So that's very promising like I said and hopefully the west uh, gets some rain here soon to bring up those topsoil moistures. How best do you describe crop conditions right now? They're mostly rated as fair or uh, fair to good, but there should be noted that emergence has been reported to be quite slow uh, in the west where conditions are very dry and then also very slow in the east where conditions are too wet and those crops are struggling to come up with just that waterlogged soil. So conditions are, uh, we'll, we'll have a better idea of conditions in a couple of weeks once those crops actually get up and we get a better look at them. What were the main causes of crop loss this past week? The most damage was caused by flooding in the east, drought in the west, and the first reports of actual flea beetles in the field getting after those young canola plants that have come up. So farmers are busy right now trying to spray as much as they can when the weather permits, when that wind isn't blowing too hard. So hopefully they can get ahead of it and and the damage isn't too severe. What areas seem to be a problem with gophers? All throughout the south, you know, southeast and southwest, and then into the the central regions as well. It seems like the gopher population is on it was on the rise last year, and they're coming right back uh, this year. You talked about insects. Any weed problems? course there's always always some weed problems that uh, kosher has been a problem uh, in the west central and southwest for sure but farmers are going to be keeping on top of that and then of course it's been tough keeping on top of those weeds just with the weather we've been having it's been very windy so producers have reported that they've been behind in their spraying.
3: Matt Struthers compiles the weekly crop report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eaves troughs. An inch makes a big difference. Prairieeaves and your Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasbourg. Grain movement is running at a good pace this spring. The Executive Vice President of CN and Rail, Sean Finn, is in Regina today for the annual Canadian Federation of Municipalities annual meeting. He says grain shipments have picked up after a tough winter rail movement.
2: You know, obviously uh, we're doing a pretty good job moving grain because it's not too heavy, pretty light. Uh, this week, week 43, we moved about 1,800 uh, spot of empty, uh, empty cars. But the overall grain movement for the year, you know, we moved uh, 15.5 million metric tons as compared to last year's same bit, 26.5 million metric tons. So obviously there's less grain to move, but uh, you know, our people are focused on it. And like I said, you know, it's important to get ready uh, for the next crop. But I mean, clearly right now, I think we're doing not a bad job. There might be a few spots where we could do a better job, but the railway is very focused on making sure any grain that's there gets moved.
3: You had some problems this past winter. How are you preparing for this fall and winter movement?
2: Yeah, I don't like blaming the winter because it's winter every year, as you know. I think uh, we had challenges during some cold temperature, a lot of snow in parts of the network, and now this is a network. Uh, you know, we had some challenges in BC with the washouts. So when you have, you know, you start the winter a bit behind the eight ball because of what's going on to catch up, you need capacity, you need people, and you need you need uh, you need a bit of a break on the on the weather. So some cold sp- spills hurt us a bit, but I think that it did. It was a wake up call for us to make sure that you know if we can't perform. In this grain crop, it means we've got to build for the future because, you know, this was not an average grain crop. And therefore, if we if we have a bit of a stumble in a wheat crop, we have to make sure we're ready for a bigger crop. So what steps have you taken for this fall? Yeah, so obviously very focused on making sure we have the people. So obviously training um, our people in Winnipeg. Secondly, the cars. I'm very happy, you know, we have about 3,000 new uh, high cube cars, another 1,400 coming this year, next year plus another 2,000 of private cars. So we think the car fleet is there. I know the car fleet is there. But more importantly, we need track capacity to make sure that all our track is at uh, resilient. And finally, we need the power to do so. So the people are getting ready. We're looking forward to a hopefully an above-average crop. And, uh, you know, I said to you before, we, we were walking out of this winter saying we have to be ready for this, this crop, and we're working very hard to make sure we are. So people, locomotives, and cars.
3: Tell me about the effort to rebuild the railroad down in the Lower Mainland, BC, you had some massive flooding, you had wildfires at Lytton. Was it expensive and how's the rebuild going?
2: Yeah, I'd say to you that, you know, that was a pretty challenging uh, for operating people and engineering people to see the the amount of the washouts, both on the CN line, but also on our friends at CP. And you know, we got it rebuilt, railways are good at rebuilding the railway line, but it was, you know, 10 days, 12 days outage. Down that line to Vancouver, which is very important to us on CP. So obviously, uh, you know, it's a, a pretty uh, large engineering feat, and see people do it. But you know, when you're out for 10 days, it takes you know two or three weeks to catch up. So we came into the winter and the crop with a bit of a, a bit of a setback because of the washouts down the uh, down the Fraser Canyon, but also the wildfires. Obviously, you know, we were very conscious about what happened in Lytton, and wanted to make sure that we we operated safely. And now, as you probably know, to make sure the railway is safe, we have you know new uh, fire protection uh, measures we put in place to make sure that this year, if we have an issue again, that we can operate the railway safely through that area.
3: Now, you're in Regina. Your purpose of visit, I understand, is to uh, speak to the Canadian Federation of Municipalities. What's your message there?
2: Yeah, well, Jim, it's great to be here. About 2,000 delegates come to this annual meeting of the mayors and across Canada. We've been involved for the last almost 10 years now. You know, our message to elected officials across Canada is rail safety is a shared responsibility. The railway is supposed to make sure our railway is safe, but think about our, our crossing. The crossing is owned often by the city, operated by us when it comes to the railway. So very much a message about, uh, one, uh, shared responsibility and safety, and secondly, the recovery. Their theme is, uh, is, uh, is together for the recovery, and we're here today to make sure that people realize, as much as the mayors and the councillors did a great job during COVID, so did the railway. But now we have a job to make sure that going forward, the economy comes back and people, the supply chains are intact. So not just a message about safety, a message about, also about recovery and how we do it across Canada. I want to ask you, how's the farm in Quebec? And, and and you've got a new CEO that comes from a Saskatchewan farm. That's right. So so two things. We now have a second farmer and the executive team at CN. Uh, Tracy Robinson who comes from Bethune uh, once the high school in Lumsden uh, they have a 4,000 acre farm It's uh, been the family for 100 years so obviously Tracy brings you know she spent her career in western Canada both at CP and at TransCanada now she's in our office in Montreal learning French and doing a great job doing so but obviously brings a perspective of you know what goes on in western Canada and Saskatchewan more importantly And she's very proud of her roots in Saskatchewan so she's a great uh, great leader for our company uh, the first female CEO at CN but also you know having a having a farmer a family of six girls, so a farmer in the executive suite, you know, uh, is really helpful. So, and the farm in Quebec's going well, the beef cattle, the herd is growing, and as I told you before, we have about uh, 6,000 acres of blueberries, uh, so the issue about blueberries is to harvest them and getting people to do so, because obviously that's not easy to do right now to find workers to do that, but we're working hard, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a great place to spend some time, and, you know, as a railroad, it does bring some perspective of what we try and do every day for farmers across Canada. Sean Finn is the Executive Vice President
3: of CN Rail. He's in Regina for the Federation of Canadian Municipalities annual meeting.
1: Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally
4: owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source. 620 CKRM. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at RealAgriculture.com. We're now going to talk about a new report that has been put out by the Canadian Agri Food Policy Institute, CAPI. It's about translating science to policy, approaches to increase soil carbon sequestration in Canada's Crop lands. Here to discuss the report is one of the CAPI Do- doctoral fellows, it is Lisa Ashton. G- give me the overview here.
5: So the, the main objective with the report is really to present research um, that can help inform policy and programs um, that intend to enhance carbon sequestration. Um, and because we are a multidisciplinary team from different universities across Canada, we had the opportunity um, through uh, the Canadian Agri-Food Policy Institute to really take a multidisciplinary disciplinary that's enough, a multidisciplinary approach uh, to the report. Um, so we cover the, the foundational science, um, we cover the different um, beneficial management practices that can be adopted. Uh, we also cover the, the broader socioeconomic and, and policy challenges that producers may face. Um, and then in the end, we we get into the opportunities around um, utilizing science to, to better inform policy.
4: Now, when you, as we look at the current policy landscape, as it applies to soil carbon and in trying to increase what farmers are doing, are there roadblocks in place? Are there barriers that were identified?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I, in the report, kind of high level, we I, we. Um, We found that there is definitely regional variability uh, and and even from farm to farm and and producer to producer, those barriers may may be very different. Um, But at a high level, some of the barriers we found uh, was um, potentially high upfront costs uh, in adopting new practices. um, And and producers are taking on some risks and uncertainties as they introduce new practices that um, they may not know the full extent of, of their implications for their farm. Um, so, some opportunities to address that is to advance research around um, the return on investment that producers may experience uh, as they adopt these practices in terms of productivity, um, improved soil health, and then um, how the different programs may may offer that that financial support to, to transition as well.
4: Yeah, I, I think you you, know, you bring up the return on investment, the ROI. I mm-hmm. I, fi- I find you know in in trying to you know sell this to the general farming public. If it's if it's always framed in the essence of you know do the right thing, I, I think that you know that appeals to some people, but others you know okay, what are the numbers here? And and if I you know obviously it can be there can be multiple benefits of of uh, of doing these sorts of practices. And I, I think framing it around what are the return on return on investment, I, I think that's been kind of missing. I, I agree with that takeaway wholeheartedly. Yeah,
5: absolutely, and and one of the key takeaways that we also found is that the research on, on return on investment could be also coupled with um, greater extension and technical support as producers adopt these practices um, because they are really at the cutting edge of, of research and development and how these practices will work um, on farm and so to have uh, greater support and a greater understanding on kind of the full impacts of them um, in, in the report we found that that would be potentially be, be very useful and helpful to, to producers as they adopt them.
4: Earlier, you mentioned geographical differences. And, and I, I think that applies to what you just said about extension. What we've also heard a lot about is that uh, there, this is complex. There, there's a lot of differences across the country. And so a strategy in Ontario may be very different than something in southern Saskatchewan in the Palliser Triangle,
5: Yes, absolutely. It feels like you, you wrote the report, <laughs> so that was that was definitely one of the, the key findings that we, we have found is that integrating that regional variability within policy and program design is, is definitely what we found to be crucial. Um, and one opportunity to ensure that that happens is is ensuring that local actors, especially producers, are um, integrated into the design and decision-making um, uh, processes, so that the, that regional variability is is reflected in the in the actual programs.
4: This is your RealAgriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. I get to spend every day talking to farmers in the ag industry through realagriculture.com and Real ag Radio, but nothing is more fun than speaking to an audience live and in person. If you're planning an ag event, book a real agriculture speaker to make it a successful and memorable experience. Email shaney at realagriculture.com and you can book myself or any other real ag personality to speak at your event. Bring your audience all the fun, insight, and energy of real agriculture.
1: This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada.
3: The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Sunny sky today, wind northwest 40, gusting to 60. The high forecast, 19. Low plus 1 with risk of frost tonight. Friday, sunny, wind northwest 20. The high tomorrow, 21. The low plus 4. Saturday, this outlook, sunny with a high 21, the low 6. Sunday, sunny, the high 17, the low 4. Monday, partly cloudy with a high 18, the low 7. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high 18, the low 8. Wednesday, sunny with a high forecast of 21. Normal high for this date, 22. The normal low is 8 degrees. The sun rose at 4.52 this morning. It sets at 9.01 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Cornac, in the south country at 19, the cold spot up North Island falls at 5 degrees. Estevan and Saskatoon, both 17. Swift Current, 18. Weyburn, 17. Yorkton is 15. Regina, sunny and 17. That's 63 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north-northwest, 42, gusting to 62. Humidity is 20%. The barometric pressure rising, 101.7. Sunny and Moose Jaw, 18. Winds are from the northwest at 31, gusting to 59. Once again, Regina, sunny and 17, that's 63 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. In spite of even more rain in Manitoba over the past week, spring seeding is progressing on the western side of the province. Manitoba Agriculture Farm Production Advisor Amir Farouk provides an update.
6: We have uh, like uh, big rains on the weekend in different parts of Manitoba, but luckily the last rain uh, uh, like uh, <clears throat> which was big impact on uh, southeastern part of the province, it uh, was we escaped like in the southwest region. And also uh, some part of the northwest as well. So we escaped that uh, big, major rain. So farmers are, uh, even uh, yesterday evening, some farmers started to go outside again. And today, hopefully, they will start again seeding. So things are improving in this part of the uh, province. But in south uh, eastern part, uh, they are still very wet.
3: Farooq says seeding is around one-third complete in Manitoba.
6: Our provincial uh, right now is uh, close to 40%. So uh, in the southwest region, we are 30
3: to 35%. Farooq says progress is most advanced with pulse crops.
6: Uh, Like uh, mostly pulses, uh, like uh, peas, are close to 80% done already because uh, they are uh, the first crop should be uh, seeding. Uh, other cereals and canola, uh, mostly uh, producers are seeding right now, and soybean is also. Some producers are still uh, considering some soybean in because uh, due to wet weather conditions, uh, that will be good crop. But uh, time is uh, shrinking for most of crops. So, but uh, still uh, there are because we got some extension in the seeding deadlines uh, for the uh, crop insurance. Uh, so hopefully like this week we have still 3 4 days left for the soybean deadlines as well so uh, producers are uh, putting the crops where the free fields are available
3: rooks is seeding is advancing in northwest manitoba
6: mostly the same kind of condition in the, in the in the northwest as well so there is a little bit cooler in that area so but uh, it's close to uh, like in the in the pa area is 50% uh, seeding done, and other areas of the northwest is 40% done as well.
3: He says it's still wet in the eastern part of northwest Manitoba.
6: Especially in uh, in Dauphin and St. Rose area, in that area, because they are very wet, so they are only close to uh, 15 to 20% seeding done in that area. So most of other areas in the northwest uh, are close to 40%.
3: Farouk is hoping the windy and drier conditions will enable seeding to advance across Manitoba. Amir Farouk is a farm production advisor with Manitoba Agriculture based in Hamiota. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service. Arcolabuildingsupplies.com the Western Grains Research Foundation has started the search for a new executive director. Garth Patterson will be retiring at the end of this year after 11 years at the helm. Patterson discussed his time with the Western Grains Research Foundation.
1: Yeah, I certainly was really fortunate to have the opportunity to join WGRF 11 years ago when I came into an organization that had a really strong board and enthusiastic staff at the plan the board laid out really was to grow and get more farmers' money out to researchers to benefit farmers, and we've really been able to do that over the past decade, and it's it's got to the point now where WGF is the leading producer funder of crop research in Canada. We've been as high as about $18 million a year. Pre-COVID, we were averaging about $14 million a year going out, and with COVID, it's... Uh, With the capacity dropping a little bit at at institutions, we're down to about $12.5 million on average. But I I think there's a bright future. WGF has plenty of financial resources, and they'll uh, continue to fund at a high level moving forward.
3: Patterson outlines the scope of the crop research.
1: The board does have uh, some priority focus areas. However, I would say... WGF probably has the largest scope of any producer organization in Canada as far as funding. So there's 15 different crops that the board uh, looks at providing funds to, and those are all of the large and intermediate acreage crops I think that farmers would be familiar with all the way from southern Manitoba up to the northern BC and the Peace and everywhere in between.
3: Garth Patterson is the retiring executive director of the Western Grains Research Foundation. He retires at the end of December. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber and Sask Pork, working on behalf of Saskatchewan hog producers and our community. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for canola gained 60 cents at 11.20.32. One red spring wheat declined 45 cents at 499.53. The rest were unchanged. Durham six hundred six twenty seven. Feed Barley three hundred eighty seven fifty four. Chickpeas nine hundred ninety nine ninety nine. Flax ten ninety four sixty one. Lentils nine hundred two fifty. Oats four hundred thirty six fifty three. Yellow peas six hundred four sixty five. Feed wheat three hundred seventy eight thirty. At Minneapolis this morning, July spring wheat rose nine and a quarter cents at twelve oh six and a quarter cent a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes.
7: Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of June the first. Three hundred and ten cows and bulls, four hundred and fifteen feeder cattle, a total of seven hundred and twenty-five head for the day. What a tremendous sale we had. From start to finish, all classes of cattle selling higher to a strong and active demand. D one, D two cows, dollar three to dollar ten, sales to one eleven, one twelve, D three cows, ninety to a dollar. Cows are averaging a one. From the Keller ranch at Benito, Manitoba, fifteen hundred pound cows at one twelve, and from the Speelays at Springside, seventeen hundred pound cows at $112.75. Good bulls one twenty five to one thirty five, sales to one thirty nine, one forty. Bulls are averaging one twenty nine. From the Carpitas at Jedburg, twenty three hundred fifty pound bull at one forty and a quarter, and from the McLean's at Foam Lake, twenty two hundred fifty pound bull at one forty. 75. On the feeder sale, five to 600 pound steers, 230 to 250. Six to sevens, 225 to 240. Seven to 800 pound steers, 215 to 225. Eight to 900 pound steers, 195 to 207. We had some 815 pound black steers from the decorby Ranch at Rokenville. They topped out at 212. On to the heifers, five to 600 pound heifers, 210 to 225. 67s, 190 to 215. 7 to 800-pound heifers, 185 to $2. 8 to 900-pound heifers, 175 to 185. The Corbys also had 650-pound good heifers. They topped out at 218. Good job to the, the Corbys. I fully believe the auction method is still the way to sell your stock. Last Friday, our cow Cap pair sale averaged $2,040. top end pairs sold for 2675 We had some older-type pairs. They bought them out at $1,600. And on Wednesday, June the 15th, in conjunction with our regular sale, 40 cow-calf pairs coming in. These will be black and red pairs. More details next week. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good
3: day. And the latest pork prices, $230.47 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report.
1: This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on
3: 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandeco. Talk to your Mandeco dealer. Or visit mandaco.com to learn more about Mandeco land rollers and tillage equipment. The OPEC oil cartel and allied producing countries, including Russia, will raise production by 648,000 barrels of oil per day in July and August, offering modest relief for a global economy suffering from soaring energy prices and the resulting inflation. The move to increase production faster than planned comes as rising crude prices have pushed gasoline to a record high in Canada and the U.S. The Bank of Canada's key interest rate rose again, which is something analysts say was not only expected, but will likely happen again soon. It rose half a percent yesterday. The interest rate is expected to climb by another 50 points in the next few months. On the markets, the TSX is down 10 points to 20,719. The Dow has dropped 284 points to 32,705. Oil has risen $2.07 at one sixteen seventy four a barrel. The Canadian dollar is up three one-hundredths of a cent at $0.79.08 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you
1: by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.